previously on the Adventure Zone. Where these gates appear on Earth, so do the, we call them abominations. I'm just as eager to avoid a, a war between our worlds as the next sylph, so you gotta promise me, Duck, you gotta forget this night ever happened. We've kept this gate a secret for, and Ned, you can see the gate right in front of you, and you can see it's sort of pressed into the fender of your continental. Shit! The three of you survey this nightmare in an instant, and then it charges. Aubrey grabs the lantern from Duck and throws it at the creature's face. As this thing picks up the scent of a bunch of different animals, you see it whip its head around and look toward the direction of the jug, and there's a peal of thunder overhead, and then the skies open up, and it douses the flames that were spreading across the beast, which looks up at the sky and then back down at the three of you. So the rain is coming down in sheets, uh, nearly to the point where the three of you are having trouble seeing this beast that is right in front of you. You you see a faint plume of steam rising off of it where that fire that was spreading across its patchwork pelt was doused. And through that steam, the three of you faintly see another shape behind the monster. And actually, as you look around, you notice that these shapes are surrounding you at the edge of the clearing. It's more woodland creatures, all seemingly possessed in the same way that you saw, Ned, in that bobcat. Um, You count eight animals in total surrounding Eight! Eight animals! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a classic bit, of course. Long-time listeners know anytime there's a number on the show, we kind of do that bit. Which makes it tricky every time we, like, roll dice or... Like yeah, every other anything. sentence. Yeah, pretty much um, there's, a, there's like a smaller black bear prowling toward you. There's a couple other bobcats. Um, there's a, a deer and just a handful of other animals all slowly walking in your direction, uh, beckoned by the pained roars of that beast that you were just fighting. And as they're approaching, um, a light flashes from the archway, and suddenly there's... Barclay and Mama. And without a second of hesitation, Mama retrieves her sawed-off shotgun from her duster and shoots two shells into the side of the big beast, who surprisingly doesn't look terribly damaged by the gunfire, but kind of roars reflexively and turns toward Mama. But then there's another light, this time in the distance, deeper in the woods. There's another vehicle hastening towards your location, and Sensing danger, the beast roars again, and those animals that were surrounding you spring toward it. And in kind of a grisly display, they seem to leap into the beast, who absorbs them into its form before leering one last time in in your party's direction and then dashes away into the woods. 
And just mere seconds after the monster disappears, that vehicle that you heard rolls to a stop at the edge of the clearing. And Duck, you recognize it as a response vehicle for the Monongahela National Forest Service. And real quickly, like before anything else happens, Mama says under her breath, nobody say a word about this stuff, please. I'm begging you. And from out of the forest wagon steps Ranger Juno Divine, your co-worker, Duck. Um, she, An owner of the coolest name in town. She uh, deploys an umbrella and jogs toward you, and she shouts, Ranger Newton, what the heck's going on, buddy? Why'd you call me in? Now, Griffin, is it a magical umbrella? No, it's just a... Ra- I mean, all umbrellas are magical if you think about the like sort of incredible purpose they serve. I want to be clear that this is a result of you calling in somebody mm-hmm. on your radio as you're running through the woods. Um, uh, this is sort of a reaction to the, the action that you took. Uh, well, hey, Gino, thanks for coming out so quick. Um, you know, honestly, stories don't come much, much sillier than this, but uh, we had a, a sort of, I guess you could say bear attack. And you know me, uh, it gets late at night. I get a little jumpy. And uh, I, I I thought it was something a little bit worse than that. And uh, I, I was honestly as fearful for the, the animal itself as my own sort of safety. You know, uh, uh, animal, uh, de- dealing with animals is, is always a tricky business. So I, I, I called you in, but I guess, you know, in hindsight, maybe I... Uh, I overreacted a little bit. Well, it you're pursued by a black bear? That doesn't sound really like their their you know MO. Juno, that's what spooked me about the whole thing. Uh it was very aggressive. I mean, you you do not see that in in, in the species, especially around these parts cuz it's so many people, you know, they tend to get uh almost a little too too comfortable with with humans. So I, that was not, I, you know, I just wasn't used to the behavior. And I think that's kind of what, what got me a little jumpy, if I'm being honest. She uh, turns sort of towards everybody else, and she's like, so what are y'all doing here? Did you antagonize this bear or something? Did y'all, were y'all trying to do like a fun Winnie the Pooh joke that turned horrible? What, what, what's the story? What are y'all doing out here? We were just practicing um, community theater. Do you know uh, Midsummer Night's Dream? Yeah, I'm familiar with the works of Bill. Yeah, we were just working to get uh, into, you know, the character of the mechanicals uh, out in the woods practicing, you know, basic stuff. So that's great. If it weren't raining cats and dogs right now, I might ask if I could sit in and and watch. That's one of my favorites. I like. Well, you know, it started it started raining and we were about to head in. And that's uh, when when uh, Ranger Newton was it um, came came through, uh, and I think the bear saw all the people here and and got a little spooked and ran right back into the woods. Yeah, it's literally the only time anyone's ever been helped by community theater. <laughs> it was a miracle, honestly, uh, and I was so relieved that I could be here for this momentous occasion. Of course, that's why that uh, fur suit over there hanging out of the back of the, the trunk of my car, because I'm a character actor, um, and I believe in, you know, embracing all aspects of it. Uh, she notices the car, but obviously does not see the archway. Uh, and I think the damage to the car is, is uh, like, surface level enough that it doesn't even register that it ran into something. Uh, and Juno says, yeah, you know, I... 
I might have to write you up for this. You're really supposed to stick to the to the roads and the trails. Um, you shouldn't really be driving your car through the through the woods, especially not in like a four wheel drive vehicle like a, what is that a Continental? Lincoln Continental, yes, Lincoln Continental. Um, Mark three. I hope you like it. Uh, yeah, it's great. Okay. Um, well, Ranger Newton, we should probably head back and write this up. Uh, any of y'all want to ride back to Kepler? Are y'all all right? Um, I can drive. My, uh, my car's okay. I, I think, I think it's drivable and I'll, I'll be very careful. I'll just retrace my path so that I don't tear up any more of the woodland beauty. Aubrey looks to Mama for kind of a lead here. Yeah, Mama says, um, you know, I, I think we're probably just going to walk back to the lodge. It's pretty close. I need to work on my lines for the um, part, the part I'm playing in the play. She's Peter Quince in the yes, play? Yes, that's yeah. me. We're, it's, we're having a lot of fun with it. So uh, I'll head back, and Aubrey, we still got a room ready for you if you want to come come with me. Sounds great. Uh, and that you all start to walk off in the other direction. Duck, are you going with uh, with Juno back to the station, or what's your plan? Yeah, you know what? I am i can't think of a good reason why I would go with Ned, as much as that probably seems like it would advance the story <laughs> a little better than me. All right. <laughs> We're friends! You all, you Departing all, from the three of them. You all start to... Juno goes back in her car, and you see her turn on the, uh, the, the light inside her car and start writing some stuff down in a notepad, um, taking some notes about this bear attack. There's some paperwork to do. And uh, as everybody else kind of starts walking towards the edge of the clearing, uh, and Ned, you get in your car, and it starts, and uh, Mama turns towards everybody, and she says, if y'all wouldn't mind, could you uh, could you swing by the lodge tomorrow around noon? Barclay will cook you up some lunch. Uh, I, got, I got something I need to pitch you all. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll be there anyways. So like, yeah. Okay. I was mostly talking to the to the other oh. two, but um and with that you all uh start making your way back through the forest toward town as and, and the storm kind of dissipates just as quickly as it appears. Um and you all sort of make your way back through the forest with the strange events of this evening sort of rattling around your heads. And uh, we'll jump forward now, and Aubrey, you, you've settled into your room in Amnesty Lodge for the evening. And just as Mama promised, the accommodations are pretty nice. There's a, a soft, queen-sized bed, um, and next to it, there's a small, round cushion where Dr. Bonkers is already fast asleep. Um, and he's got a little bowl of diced carrots right in front of him, which now, you here's the thing, Griffin, I want to say. I've spoken with some people recently. Um, carrots are a good treat for rabbits, like cake, but oh. not a meal. You wouldn't feed, there's a lot of sugar in carrots. Interesting. So what's the rabbit eats? That I don't know. Maybe pellet. I like to assume <laughs> that there's like rabbit food that All right. Has. Yeah, there's some rabbit food, uh, dish, dished out, uh, in the bowl. I didn't research that far. It doesn't um, have to say like, don't just straight up feed another carrots carrot. all the time. Yeah. Also turn, turns orange. But the eyesight gets almost too good. So actually. so terrifyingly good. Uh, so you assume that like Danny did a pretty great job rabbit sitting here. Um, and and so you're in this room and you've kicked off your boots and you're preparing to settle in. And there's a soft knock at the door and Mama pokes her head in and she says, "Hey, sorry to bother you. I just I need to ask you something. Can you think of anything 
any anything at all from your past that seems strange like like the way the things you saw tonight were strange like a like some sort of weird portal in your basement or a visit from a yeah sorcerer yeah you know now that you mention it there was that time when hell poured into my but what the fuck are you talking about no i know listen i know this is what is happening here is uncommon but you have some sort of connection to all of this already and i'm just trying to figure out what that is aubrey so like are any weird runes etched in stone out in your backyard in the house you grew up in any just just do me a favor and think about it and if there's nothing that's fine i'm just trying to i'm just trying to make everything make sense no i I, um uh no i mean listen my family it's about as boring as could be i mean it's one of those like Keep this between us, okay? Old money, but the money's not there anymore, but the name, old money, history, that kind of thing. But it's about as bland as bland could be. I mean, that's on my mom's side. I mean, my dad, you know, my dad is not that. And and so when, when he and my mom married, we kind of fell out of touch with the family. And then I fell out of touch with my parents, and so, like, I, not that I remember, but I don't really know that much about my family past my mom and dad. There's got to be a source for this stuff. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for grilling you. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. Grilling? Ah, uh, that's a like good fire. Yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of that from now on, huh? Yeah, a lot of like me acknowledging that it might be a pun. I guess. I guess if you can't think of anything, that's fine. It's just I, I want you to I want you to rack your brain as if there's something in your past, some something you ever came in contact with that had something that you couldn't quite explain. Um, um there was well, there was the necklace. Oh, all right. You had a you had a cool necklace. What was what was that about? Um. Well, I mean, it's it's just kind of the one thing. My mom took with her when when she fell out with the family uh, uh, the the flame bright pendant and now Aubrey yeah it's called the flame bright pendant you didn't think that that was germane well I I now right now in this you know like it's something you you know I heard so much in my, but I don't have it like I'm not wearing I have I it's gone where'd it go stolen well ain't that just peach yeah. Yeah, that was the shit. So, like, I didn't think about it. It's not like I'm wearing... It's not like it's warm against my skin as I yeah, cast right. my bewitching magics. Yeah, that that's that's fine and everything. All right, I'll I'll try to find out what I can about it. You you get some sleep. Um, I I I got a project. I'm gonna need some help with tomorrow. Like crafting, something like that. And she slips back out the door. Ned, you pull your car just a little bit worse for wear uh, in front of the Cryptonomica, and you see a light inside still on. And um, as you head in, you see Kirby. <laughs> you see Kirby with a mop and a bucket cleaning up a puddle on the floor near one of the displays. And as the bell above the door rings as you enter, he looks up at you and then back down at his work, and he says, Roof's leaking again. How to mm. how to go out there? Um, 
Not entirely as expected, but I would have to say the uh, the views of monsters was uh, the best <laughs> ever. I hope I I hope I actually uh, got some 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 good footage. Um, he says it's it's late. We don't have to worry about that tonight. Uh, and he puts the mop in the bucket and starts to wheel it away. And just as he does so, um, another trickle of water drips down at a different spot in the room and Kirby kind of sighs and walks over to it and he puts the bucket underneath it to catch the water. And he says, Ned, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but I I gotta ask, why on God's green earth did you decide to open this tourist trap here in the middle of nowhere? Um, well, I didn't really open it, Kirby. I I kind of, um, found it. <sighs> you see, I was, uh, I got in a little bit of trouble uh, in my, my not-so-shining past. <laughs> and, um, and, and made a friend. And, uh, that friend said perhaps I would want to, uh, Avoid uh, my trouble by coming here to this lovely community and kind of uh, uh, taking a prolonged vacation from my trouble. And uh, this was actually her uh, establishment. I, I, of course, you know, I contributed some. I jazzed it up some, you know, uh, brought a little... A joie de vivre to it, a little flair, so to speak. As you bring to everything... <laughs> He kind of chuckles. Um, and so uh, she uh, she went away, and now I'm stuck with it, and stuck with the mortgage, and apparently stuck with an eviction notice, and stuck, just stuck. Um, he's he kind of sighs and. Uh, uh, sets the mop down in the corner with the bucket still catching the water in the middle of the room, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling." And he uh, he collects the like dozen or so empty cans of RC cola up off his desks, and he uh, he drops them in a recycling bin, and then he picks up his old MacBook and walks toward the door, and he says, uh, "I'll see you tomorrow, Ned." Uh, see you too, Kirby. I tell you what, I'll do. I'll. Uh... We've got what thirty days left before we're evicted. Uh, I think you have one week, is what we established. So like <laughs> right. six days. So, well, I'll tell you what. In that six days, I'll contact the landlord and tell him he can fix the damn roof, and at least maybe we won't get rained on in seven days. So wait a minute. Let me. I'm writing a note to myself on a post-it. Call Mr. Garfield. No, oh, <laughs> come okay. on. You don't get the. You don't get to wield the power of the Garfield insert. He says, uh, <laughs> he says, uh, I'm not worried about it, Ned. You've, you've always been pretty resourceful. And with a ring of the bell, Kirby walks out the door. Duck, you are, uh, you, you, you finished your, your work for the evening. Your shift is over and you're back at your, your place in Kepler. What, what's your place? Where do you, where do you live in Kepler? I have a bungalow apartment yeah but it's a nice apartment okay one bedroom studio uh two bedrooms one is sort of i know one's a bedroom and then i have an office where i uh 
mainly do my uh, shipbuilding, like model ships. Hell yeah. And uh, that's kind of all that happens in the office, really. It's kind of where I go to, like, unwind. Um, but uh, And then I got a bunch of, you know, exotic animal heads from all my big game hunts. Jesus, no. That's right. Twist. No, what a twist. No. <laughs> no one saw this coming. Veto, no. black ball. No, I have a lot of paintings of wildlife uh, put up ar- around the, the house, uh, some accommodations. From the park service for distinguished service, that kind of thing, and uh, it, you know, it's it's a nice place. It's not it's not sad. It's nice. Good. Uh, okay, so you're you're in your bathroom brushing your teeth, and you you finish up and take a look. If at- someone has to say their apartment is not sad, it probably is, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you finish up brushing, and you you take a look in the bathroom mirror, and. And you turn and you shut out the light and you you close the bathroom door behind you. And as you enter your bedroom, there she is again. That vision, that faint blue silhouette of the woman who talked to you in the woods earlier tonight. And she's she's standing still between you and the bed and she's not really moving. <sighs> Ditto, would I know this thing's name from like previous encounters or whatever. Yeah, I th- I think we should set that up just because it's getting to the point where just referring to it as the vision is kind of strange. Also confusing because people might think I'm talking about the comic book hero. And uh, you are. I, that's and the you, thing. you are. That's the twist. No, it's uh, I, I think you used to have a lot more contact with her when you were younger. And so just to like be cordial in the way that duck is cordial, you wanted to know her name. And back then she introduced herself as Minerva. Minerva. Okay. Um, but she's just kind of standing in front of you, not really moving, and doesn't really seem to acknowledge you as you enter the room. Who are you gonna call? Well, don't bust, uh, don't bust Minerva. That's no, I'm not gonna. Bust. <laughs> well, uh, God, hey Minerva, and I walk through her towards bed. <laughs> uh, you do that, and you just phase right, right through her and head to bed. And as you do, she doesn't respond um she doesn't respond with speech and she doesn't seem to be like moving she looks actually like frozen in place uh she has like one of her arms like like half raised uh the the other one's kind of at her side and she's just frozen and static and as you like sort of realize that she's not uh responding at all you you maybe get a little bit confused and as you look at her standing perfectly still in the center of your room, you you do start to hear something. You hear you hear music coming from Minerva. Uh, old, like kind of tinny, distorted music coming from her form. And it's it's like a sad and beautiful, like acoustic blues tune. One that you don't really recognize, but the music is is moving and for a minute or so, it's all you hear, just reverberating around your, your bedroom before, in the blink of an eye, Minerva fades away. Thank you. 
So it's tomorrow at noon, and the three of you at Mama's behest have gathered in the lobby of the Amnesty Lodge. Aubrey, you stayed the night here, and Ned, you said you've been here before, uh, but Duck, the scene here is so unbelievably quaint as you enter. Uh, the windows are all uh, around the lobby are all half open. Uh, letting in a nice breeze, and you see Barclay through the kitchen window uh, working over a large pot with a hairnet on, and the smell coming from the kitchen is incredible. Um, there's a few guests in the lobby just enjoying the day. Jake Cool Ice is sitting with his snowboard up on a table, just meticulously waxing it. Uh, Have we established just- what, what kind of creature Jake Cool Ice is when he's at home? Uh, no, but we'll get to it. Oh, I can't you- wait they- to find out. They're, they're all also in human form right now. Uh, there is a young woman uh, sitting at a piano just jotting down something on some sheet music. Uh, Danny is in the corner with a large sketch pad in her lap doing some kind of charcoal drawing. And everybody here just seems so at ease. Uh, and Mama comes into the lobby and greets the three of you and says, uh, Duck, Ned, um, thank you for coming. And Aubrey, I guess thanks for staying. I, I have something grave I need to discuss with you in my office. And oh, right! I I promised you some some food. Y'all eat yet? No, Griffin. Have we eaten yet? Should we roll to see if we ate? <laughs> yeah, roll the hunger dice, and that's a special dice that I mailed each of you. It's a two sided dice. I, I got a nine. Uh, I'm star. I'm starving. Thank you. Okay, two. Uh, and Barclay kind of hears you uh, say that you're starving, and he nods from the kitchen. And Mama smiles, and then leads the three of you into her office down one of those hallways off the off the lobby. And her office is a mess. There's like there's like five bookcases all handcrafted of different shapes and materials, all loaded with these big like historical tomes and books on folklore for various regions. Um, there's a couch against one wall that is just covered with maps, uh, mostly of the Monongahela Forest. Uh, her desk is similarly covered with books and maps and a ledger uh, filled with paperwork for the lodge. This is just sort of sandwiched between the, the pages of the ledger. Uh, and her desk also has a few empty mugs on it. And at the center of her, her office is a large round table, also handcrafted by the look of it, with several chairs around it. And as you all walk into the room, Mama enters behind you and she locks the door behind her and she says... So, how was everyone's night? It was fine. Uh, a little shitty, if I'm being honest. I realized this is not a nightmare when I woke up again. So, I had a fitful night's sleep. She says, yeah, it's not a nightmare. There's um, there's a lot going on. We should probably sort of... I slept on the- great. Well, that's... Yeah, I was hoping Full you would. six hours. That's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, people say they recommend eight, but I get by on like four, but you know, I'm spending a lot of plates. Um, let's, uh, mama, 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 what's your secret? <laughs> what is your secret? Let's take mama? a deep dive into your sleep what habits. What is your secret, mama? So I just drink a lot of water during the day and it, it gets, no, a- I mean, here we are. Let's face it. Kepler, not exactly the, uh, you know, the, the, the gay pari of the ski set, and I haven't seen three customers in three months, and yet your lobby out there is packed. You've got people all over the place. They're, 
they're writing music and they're they're waxing their skateboards and everything else with their <laughs> hula hoops your, and their what rock is your music? secret are you online do you have a <laughs> do you have some kind of deal with Yelp what is the what is your secret she says um she says, "Yeah, I opened up a. I got someone opened up a Yelp page for me a couple years back, but that's um. Oh, I knew it. It's not really where most of my industry lies. We should um more trip advisor. Oh, yeah, I heard they're coming up reti- in the ranks. Retirees? Are they bus people? She says, "Why don't y- Why don't y'all pull up a seat and I can kind of get y'all on the same page?" So you all sit around this this table in the center of Mama's office. And she catches everyone up on what she told Aubrey uh, during the last evening about Sylvain and the Sylphs and the Lodge and the the arch in the woods that uh, these abominations uh, cross over from into our world. Duck, do you tell everybody about sort of your experience in Sylvain that night? No. Okay. I promised I wouldn't. Okay, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Duck knows how yeah. to keep his lips shut. Cool. Um, so Mama says, "All right." And so, so these abominations. The what you got to understand is that the Sylphs Seems mean. Well, it is a little judgy. I'm I mean, not talking about. I'm not talking about everybody who comes over from. No, Sylvain. I know, this but a, I mean, this is a. You know, like I don't know. It just seems mean. Abomination. Uh, I mean, they that was their term for them, not ours. But I mean, in their defense. They do pretty abominable shit. Um, yeah, so- but I mean, it's, what is what is social? What, you know. Okay. What what would you social prefer to nor- what would you prefer to call these big deadly nom noms? No, we're not going to call them nom noms. Nom- bomb bombs. Bomb bombs. Goombas. Goombas. Ba- no abomination fits. I got my butt kicked by one last. Okay, night. but in it's, my it's head, on, it's on the level. In my head, I'm going to say bomb bombs. All okay, right. just as long as you don't vocalize it. I, I can't promise that. that. Uh, she says, what you got to understand about these, about the bomb bombs is that Thank the Sylphs. No, no, don't. Okay, no, the yeah, abominations. <laughs> yes, I can't push back by myself. What you got to understand about these things is that the Sylphs, they don't claim credit for them. They swear up and down. They don't know where they're coming from. They, they, they don't originate in their world, despite the fact that they come through the gate into ours. But wherever they come from, the fact remains that they show up at our door and they try to make a mess of things. And obviously, that's not going to happen. Can I, can I ask you a question, Mama, in your experience with the things? Yes. Is it just like they come in and they are chaotic? Or are, are they trying to, or do they want something? I mean, that's what makes it a little bit tricky, is that they... They have sort of different impulses. They got um, different um, different instincts, and figuring those out is sort of part of the part of the process. But it's an important thing to do because we can't let the folks of this fine town live in fear of some big monsters looking to do them harm. And Sylvain doesn't want that either. Some some monster comes over here and makes headlines. And some far less understanding, far less patient folks are going to make a beeline to Sylvain and rain hellfire down on them in return. And that's a war that that neither of our worlds can afford. So, so by our estimate, Gate showed up in Kepler back in 88. 
And quickly, some of us realized what the deal was, what we were up against, why we had to keep it a secret. And I was one of those folks what had that realization. And I've been fighting them ever since. Now, these days, it's just me and Barclay doing the fight. And some of the guests here, they have, they got some idea of the score, but our numbers have dwindled and for obvious reasons it's a tough gig to hire for the repercussions of bringing someone on with loose lips would be and i'm not being hyperbolic here it would be apocalyptic but y'all know the truth now and by my counting you've kept it to yourself for like 12 hours and that ain't nothing so yeah i'm i'm asking for your help to defend this town and this world and sylvain And she goes to her desk and opens up a drawer and she pulls something out and walks over to the three of you and places uh, this object that she retrieved down in front of you. And you see, sitting on this handcrafted table is a circular patch, a sew-in patch crafted with shimmering sylvan wool uh, depicting a tall green pine tree standing in front of a a sunset-hued gradient uh, with a sort of decidedly like retro, like 70s, 80s uh, graphic design aesthetic. And when you look back up at Mama, she pulls back the lapel of her duster, and you see that same patch sewn into the inside of, of her duster. And she says, I'm asking you three to join the Pine Guard. Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your keeper. I'm just trying that on for size. That's what this game calls Game Masters. Your keeper. That sounds weird though, like your keep. Anyway, thanks for listening to The Adventure Zone, uh, the fourth episode of our Amnesty arc. Uh, It's a mini arc that we're doing here while we're kind of between big seasons. Uh, I think we're planning on doing one or two more. And uh, thank you all so, so much for all the great feedback uh, on this arc. We are so thrilled that so many of you are enjoying it. Uh, I think we'll have probably one more episode, the climactic finale in this arc, before we move on to the next thing, which we're still kind of figuring it out uh, what that's going to be. Kind of the result of us trying to do this weekly while we're doing the experimental arcs is we're kind of building the plane beneath us as we fly it, which is exciting and also horrifying. I want to thank uh, everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the the Zonecast hashtag. We really, really appreciate you uh, spreading the word about the show. Uh, We do not pay to advertise the show at all, and we rely entirely on word of mouth, and you all have been so great uh, about that during the experimental arcs, which we appreciate because, you know, it's it's like the nature of stopping one season to, like, try a bunch of new stuff that there's a little bit of of fall off there, and we really, really appreciate uh, I appreciate you uh, helping bring in new folks who might be into the the new stuff that we're doing. I think uh, we're we're nearing the end of this Amnesty mini arc, and so I don't know if there's any characters left to name, but who knows what the other boys are planning on doing when they're running their arc. So uh, go ahead and tweet at us using the, the Zonecast hashtag, and someday you might end up as a character on the show. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up 
that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So, right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right, powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis... How did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a couple of Jumbotrons that we have this week for you. I want to tell you all about 8-Bit Saga. Uh, that is a Star Wars D&D podcast created by seven friends who were inspired by the Adventure Zone. 8-Bit Saga follows the outlandish adventures of a group of mercs working for the Huts, set during the time of the Old Republic. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for 8-Bit Saga. 
And I'm going to do that, just set a reminder to do that right now, because that sounds uh, sick as hell. I have another personal Jumbotron. This one's Fortina, Tea Leaf, Blargar, Blar, Blargar. Oh, man, this next name's going to be Buckwild. Her, I swear to God, this is not what these characters are named. They're just trying to put me through the ringer. Hrarglarb. Hrargarlb. Ithamaya and Nam. All right. We made it, folks. We've made it through to the other side. Uh, it's from Robert, who says, I want to thank my faithful party for joining me on this multi-year journey as I weave a world and story for our weekly adventures. Uh, I met some of you through RPGs and others I could stay in touch with because of them. We've all gotten to be better friends over the years, and I'm happy that this shared hobby of ours became something so wonderful. That is so, so sweet. And I'm really just filled with so much resentment that the, this didn't come with phonetic pronunciations. You've made an ass of me, Robert. You have made me into an ass. Also want to remind you that we are making a graphic novel with First Second and uh, Carrie Peach, uh, an adaptation of the first arc of the Balance Campaign, Here There Be Gerblins. Uh, it's going to be out this July, and there's lots of ways to find it and pre-order it and do all that good stuff, and you can find all those ways at theadventurezonecomic.com. Also want to thank Maximum Fun for having us on the network. We love being a part of the Max Fun family. You can find out uh, about all the great free shows that are available at maximumfun.org. They have shows like Stop Podcasting Yourself and The Flop House uh, and Lady to Lady and a ton of other amazing shows waiting for you all at maximumfun.org. And if you want to hear other stuff that we do uh, or see video series that Justin and I make at Polygon with with Travis guesting sometimes, uh, you can go to McElroyShows.com and we we appreciate you checking that out too. And also one more thing, thanks to uh, Lobo Loco for the use of the song All Night Long. Uh, it was that kind of dreamy blues song that you heard earlier in the episode. Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to let you get back to the rest of this episode. This one's kind of a s- strange one because we never really had episodes like this in balance where it's just sort of like planning for the big, big fight. I thought it was like kind of fun to like s- have the boys set up uh, something rather than me sort of set up the big, the big finale. Uh, like I, I love sort of the collaborative nature of these Powered by the Apocalypse games. Uh, and it was, I don't know, I, I, I was really, really happy with it. Uh, but yeah, next episode's probably going to be the last one in Amnesty, uh, in, in the mini arc before we move on to whatever else. Uh, so yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And we will have a new episode up for you uh, next Thursday, which is going to be uh, February 8th. So I will talk to you then. Bye. I'm asking you three to join the Pine Guard. I know it kind of sounds like a brand of cleaning product. Pine Sol. <laughs> yeah, it's a different it's a different thing. I mean, we're not too worried about copyright infringement because um you know, this is not something that we're going to go around talking about. There's not going to be like, you know, t-shirts and merch for the Pine Guard. There will definitely, definitely be merch for the t-shirts and the badges of the pie guard. You can find oh, okay. it on our online okay. store. Um, is the badge <laughs> scratch and sniff? Um, I mean, it can be if you spray it with some sort of thing or rub it up against a Excellent. car air freshener or something. Listen, I know I know this is heavy, but y'all don't need to decide right now. I'm in. I think just like that? Yep. Is there health insurance? 
She says there's the opposite of health insurance, but there's health endangerment, if anything. <laughs> listen, we've we've reached a point now where it's it's all hands on deck. I've been doing this for thirty years, and I've never seen anything like that beast in the woods. These you've been these, doing this since you were five, what? huh? Because it's like compliment. You look so young. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, Aubrey. Thank you. She says. These these things in the in the woods they're getting stronger for whatever reason and y'all got ambushed last night and you held your ground and so I truly believe with a bit more prep work you're gonna tear that thing down uh, and with that Barclay enters the room and he's got a tray with um, some bowls of radish stew which he places in front of each of you, and then um, you see him take out that paper that Danny was sketching on out in the lobby, which he places on the center of the table, and you see a detailed drawing of that beast in the woods. And Mama says, this office is the ready room for the Pine Guard now. We figure out what the what the beast is capable, the abominations capable of, what it's weak against, what kind of upper hand we can hope to gain on it before we go hunting. And gang, we gotta go tonight. These things, they, they show up every couple months, like about three nights before the full moon. And then we got one advantage, just one advantage. For the next week, they got to stay within a mile or so radius around the gate. But we lose that window. We lose that week, and they can go wherever they want. And if that happens, well, word and you know death and destruction starts to get around. So the window's almost closed, so it's it's... It's best we get started right now. So uh, Aubrey looks over at the map. How big is the Mon Monongalia for Monongahela? What is it? It's tricky. Monongahela. I know it's tricky. Okay, how big is that compared to where the gate is and where Kepler is? Is that mile? Do we uh, need I to mean, worry about Kepler? I mean, yeah, Kepler's in the radius. I've had to very discreetly dispatch some stuff. Here in Kepler, a lot of the woods is in it. Uh, the mountain, Mount Kepler, is obviously in it. There's there's a lot of places that we can go hunting. It's not a you know it's not a small area. If you're asking how big the forest, that's one thousand four hundred thirty three thirty nine square miles. Yeah, it's a big ass forest. It's a, it's a big forest. It's a good forest. It's got Kepler in it. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. It's not a small space to hunt them down, and that's why it, that is what we do. We hunt. It's not like these things are going to wait for us. We got to figure out what they want, how we can find them. And once we do find them, what we can do to take them out. I, I need something clarified for me. So you're telling me that all of these bomb bombs that have been wandering through these woods for decades have not really been the goat boys and the moth dudes and the big feats and the yahoos. But have been these creatures that came from the other place. Yeah, I mean, is that what you're telling me? Well, I mean, the sylphs who come from Sylvain—they're good folks. This is—that's not who I'm talking about. And I want to make that entirely clear. Fuck Barclay's Bigfoot. You ain't never seen him going around, you know, trashing a trashing Barclay's a, a Bigfoot. Line. Barclay kind of sighs and says, "Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am." Mr. Bigfoot. Hell yeah, uh, dude, you're famous as shit. Yeah, it's regrettable. I've been irresponsible, I guess, in the past, but um, yeah. And you've traveled a lot, Washington. Yeah, I get around. 
Uh, Mama says, that's that's not what we're facing here. These things, they ain't sylphs, whatever they are. I want to know how many of them are, were, were you talking about here? I mean, if we do our job right, there's only one at a time. It shows up every couple months. Now, I know you- I saw nine or ten. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think that's all part of the same abomination. The same booger. What el- What else do we know about this thing? I want to set up that this is like the part where we are going to like, discuss around the table like what you know about the monster this is the part of the and this is kind of unique to this game is that like a lot of the time i'm not going to set up like the final battle you all are using what you have learned about this monster so this is the part of the game where you all are going to like kind of formulate the battle plan and figure out like what this last scene is going to look like and what you're going to do and this part of the game i want to be clear is incredibly vital because the monsters that uh, i am able to create in this game are so dangerous and if you are not like as tactical and thoughtful about it as is possible things can go like very very bad so that's that's kind of what we're doing here well before we before we get into that i duck uh sort of uh, almost i think mid-sentence not one of his, somebody else's, um, stands up from the table and says, uh, listen, this has been, well, I was going to say fun, but that would be inaccurate, obviously. But, uh, I, I, I can't do this with y'all. Um, I, I, I think it's real neat what you all are doing. That seems like good work, but, uh, you're gonna have to, to count me out of this. Just um, stay out of the way of the Forest Service, and I'll I'll try to keep things clear for you all as best I can. But um, you just continue on with your your exposition there, because um, I I I got to be getting back to work. She says, "Well, what is your work, Doc Newton?" Well, I patrol my sector, the Monongahela National Forest, and keep the wildlife and the plant life uh, safe and I, I I watch over it and I learn and you know do some research uh, from from time to time so this is kind of an even split she says protecting the wildlife huh how many animals do you think this thing's uh killed sucked up into its body just a rough estimate do you reckon like how, how many how many fish do you think the black bear kills in a given day I mean that's nature, right? And she points down to the drawing of the monster on the table. She says, this ain't fucking nature, duck. This is something from somewhere else that came into our world to destroy it, to destroy the forest and kill everything inside of it. That sounds like it fits your job duties 100%. And I am a guy. I'm just duck. I looked at that thing last night. You don't understand. You've been dealing with this a long time. I looked at that thing. It wanted to kill me. It could have killed me if I had given it half a chance. And maybe you all are, are itching to throw yourselves into the into the fire from the proverbial frying pan. But I'm not. I, I want to keep living. I got hell. I got a boat to finish. I got a cat to feed. I, 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 this isn't me. She says, I think you're selling yourself short there, duck. I think. I mean, hell, do you think most folks could have faced off against this thing last night and lived to tell the tale about it? I mean, I'm not, I'll admit that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm tougher than your average. I was going to say bear, 
But I mean, that's technically, I guess, still accurate. But I mean, really think about this for a second. I mean, walk through it with me. We can sit here and make all the plans we want. And then we go out into the forest, right? And we find it. And then it sees me and I see it. And then I rear back. And what the fuck finishes that sentence? Seriously. What do I do? I run up and punch it in its stomach. Am I going to spin kick it? What what is my what exactly is the plan here that your buddy? I sure I'm I'm kind of hard to kill, but I, I you know I'm not exactly you know packing heavy artillery over here. Doc, I I think you're scared, and I think that's okay. I mean it, this that thing that abomination was scary, but there's lots and lots of people in that town and lots and lots of people everywhere that don't know about it and can't do anything about it. And we can. We can help. We can keep them from being scared. So our our little bit of being scared is still way less than all of theirs added together. We 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 can help. We can do something. And I don't know what it is yet, and you don't know what it is yet, and maybe even Mama doesn't know what it is yet, but... We can do it. At least something. Something's better than nothing, right? Lady Flame, I I appreciate it. I, I honestly do. Those are kind words. And they also came from the mouth of someone that can shoot fire out of their hands. I mean, you, you understand why you, you might be a little better equipped to take on something like this, yeah? Duck? Ned? I just remembered something. What about your special item in the chicane room? Oh, God, Ned. Ned, I told you to throw that thing away. I don't throw anything away. I'm a big, <laughs> hairy hoarder. I've, I've got it in my, in the chicanery, in the inner, inner sanctum God at the Cryptonomica. Damn it, Ned. One thing, man. Fuck. I ask one thing. Get, I mean, shame on me. I guess I should have seen this coming. It seems pretty blindingly obvious. Well, in it's hindsight. even worse. I tried to eBay it about two years ago. Okay, no, good. Nothing happened. From the start of that word, I thought you were about to say you tried to eat yeah, it. Yeah, I actually <laughs> did think that too. <laughs> you were going to say that, Mama. Mama. Ah. Mama says, "Look, I I know it seems impossible, Duck. I get that, but." Let's just talk it over. We'll talk over the plan. If we get to the end of the plan and you still feel like you go out there, you're going to meet your maker, I don't blame you for walking away. But let's just sit down and eat your stew and we'll just talk it over. Fine. Uh, and with that, you all start formulating the plan. Uh, so I have like a few questions here that I want you all to kind of answer and that can be sort of in fiction if, if you want as you sort of devise this plan, but they are sort of the things you need to know and they are things that you already do know if you, uh, can, if you're paying attention and remember sort of the things that have happened so far in order to make this plan happen. So Mama says, all right, so this thing's obviously some kind of animal. Uh, in in nature whatever it is underneath it has sort of animal instincts what kind of uh what kind of behaviors y'all picked up on well there's the black snot yeah that that seemed to almost be like alive on its yeah. own that's how it seemed to me and it seemed to be able to absorb 
other animals into itself. I, I couldn't tell if it was just dead or alive animals, but it, it seemed to be able to absorb them, well, for lack of a better and word. And there was the moment where it was going to attack me, and then uh, you threw some shit, Ned. And that did I do throw a lot of shit. You threw some shit, and that distracted it. Animal shit, human shit. What was it? I didn't stop to look. Kind of a, kind of a goulash. Oh God, stop, stop! You're eating stew <laughs> as you're saying this, you ghoul. She takes out a, a little uh, felt tip marker and starts writing on the drawing some of these notes that uh, it's like patched together with this living uh, black slime, and that. Uh, it was attracted to animals that it seems to want to hunt animals. And so this powerful sort of stew of animal sense attracted it, writes all that down. Barclay chimes in and says, and don't forget that um, it, it seems to be able to have other animals out there looking around for it. Other animals that are sort of possessed by that that slime. So we should keep an eye out for that also. And he takes a note on that. And she says, all right, so we don't want to get caught surprised when we're fighting this thing. So what? What? what's its abilities? What's it capable of while we're big? Big. She writes down big. Yeah, write down big. In big letters. Angry. Uh-huh. Angry. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it seemed real um, hmm, impulsive. You know, a lot of animals are pretty easily spooked to make enough noise or enough light. But um, I, I, I you know, tried to uh, provoke it and uh, it made a run at me right away, um, which is which is pretty unusual for for the wildlife you find around here. Well, and that happened, too, because when the when the vehicle, when the thing drove up, it it ran. She writes all that down. Impulsive acts on instinct, uh, prone to run away. She says, sounds like we're going to have to keep this thing contained if we want to have a chance of taking it down for good just so it doesn't run off again and we, we lose our window. And you two did hurt it. The the walking stick, the fiery walking stick did hurt it. And the fire seemed to hurt it. Not a lot. I mean, to be fair, fire hurts most things. She says, now hold on, hold on. This is important because... In my experience, every one of these things has something that it is susceptible to. Are you telling me that fire seemed to do some damage to this thing? Yeah. She she looks over at you, Aubrey, and says, well, ain't that a coinkydink? And writes down in huge letters, uh, weakness, uh, colon, fire. Now, okay, but to be fair, I want to point to the biggest, to big, big, remember big? I can make some fire but like we are going to need we hit it with the oil lantern and that helped i think we're gonna need more oil or something she is grinning ear to ear as you say that and she says all right then we got everything we know about this monster what's the plan yeah i don't have an idea for like where this fight's going to take place or how it's going to play out this is now your guys turn to give me give me an idea. Where do you want this thing to take place and what are you going to do to make it your sort of most ideal situation? Okay, so just to cover our bases, right? Here's what we've just discussed. We need somewhere where we can corner it or at the very least like contain it a little bit for the fight. Um we're going to need to draw it there. We are going to need to then set up some kind of oil propellant and flame trap 
By the way, Travis and I talked about this before we started recording. We've all been playing a lot of Monster Hunter lately, and it's so choice the way that this is kind of in line with that. I fucking love this game so very, very much. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds solid to me. I want to make it clear that I don't have like a map of uh, Kepler where you guys are going to like pick a location. Uh, there's a whole concept in all the uh, Apocalypse World games of of leave empty spaces on maps for you guys to fill in. So you can will places into existence. Not that I'm saying like, oh, the old fiery tar pit that is Wait, covered in we spikes. Have that? That, mo- that would be great. No, but like something within reason where you can, you know, set this thing up to fight it is is what I'm what I'm hoping for. Duck, is there any kind of like cave maybe not cave, but like ravine or here's something else, man. I'm not gonna have a big goddamn fire in the middle of my forest. So we're gonna need to be pretty smart. Uh, about where exactly the, the this takes place now now caves that's an interesting idea the 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 caves are actually huh they're closed right now but closed to the to the public cuz of uh uh white nose syndrome that killed a bunch of bats in the winter 2006 when we closed down the cave system so they wouldn't be actually open to the public so maybe the maybe the caves at least there the fire would be contained uh mama goes over to the couch with all the maps on it and grabs one of the monongahela forests and spreads it out and she says duck you know this forest better than anybody else on earth can you uh can you pick a place yeah i, I got the spot and she hands you the marker right here crooked bend crooked bend cave Crooked Bend Cave. I, we all make fun of the name because honestly, Crooked Bend is like, yeah, what other kind of bend is there? But oh, who knows? I always thought it was Crooked Ben. No, I thought no, that no. was a old lot of people. Ben Whoopsie. Well, they made the sign. They painted over it. And <sighs> we just haven't had the budget to okay. fix it up yet, uh, honestly. But yeah, Crooked Bend Cave. She says, "All right, um, we're gonna track this thing to the cave using what, and then what are we gonna do once we get it in there?" Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this. What about the Wookiee costume? Doused in all of the animal shit. I'll pop the top on the Lincoln and drive around until I get the big booger's attention and lure him to the cave. She says, yeah, that's, it seems a bit dangerous for you, Ned, but if you think it'll work it's i think it's worth a shot well danger is my middle name oh i'm sorry fucking is my middle name danger's the other middle name I, all right we get this we get this thing to the cave and then what do you have a generator uh yeah sure i mean i would prefer not to destroy my generator is it diesel if, um i mean yeah we got lots of lots of gas around okay here. so we get that to the cave, we get the thing to the cave, and we get me to the cave, and I think we're pretty much going to be set. Yeah, we're also going to need to f- to finish it, though. I mean, that'll start things off, but it it won't be enough to put it into it. She says, yeah, let's um, let's talk weapons. What can y'all get your hands on before nightfall? I got plenty of stuff. I've been doing this a long time. I've got sort of my own routine I like to follow. I think it'd probably be best if... um. Me and Barclay handle the reinforcements that are 
probably going to show up once this thing starts howling. We'll leave the uh, we'll leave the beast to you guys. I have a knife. <laughs> I think uh, I think you're probably going to be set. Your hands are kind of your weapons there, Aubrey. What with the mystical flames and all. Oh yeah, Duck Ned. What about you two? You mentioned something about something you had back at the back at the Cryptonomica. Yeah, we did, didn't we, Duck? Ned, Ned, what about you? What are you what are you packing, bud? I uh actually have something of my own back at the Cryptonomica. A trophy from my past. It's called a three fifty seven Magnum, the most powerful handgun made and can take your head clean off. Uh might be able to take my head clean off. I hope it wouldn't. Um please be careful with that thing while you're out there, but uh did uh you think that'll you think that'll actually be able to take a piece out of this thing? Yeah, my gift's attention. <laughs> he says, she says, "All right, sounds like uh, sounds like we're we got a plan." She uh, looks at the newspaper on her desk. She says, uh, "All right, sunsets at five fifty tonight. We'll uh, we'll meet at Crooked Bend at six. Ned, bring your your car, and everybody else bring your your weapons." And Mama stands up from the table and she says, "I feel like." Look, it's it's just been me and Barclay doing this for a while, so I'm a, a little out of practice with my motivational speeches. Just just watch each other's backs and play it smart, and I guarantee you we're going to take the night. I don't know why these things show up in our woods, but I think they're here to scare us. We're going to show them that the fine folks at Kepler, West Virginia, ain't so easily shook. Duck stands up and he starts walking out of the room. Duck? Where are you going? I'm going to take back what's mine. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Biff. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. Turns out it isn't what we thought it would be. For example, stickers on car windows? It's no longer about what type of monster would let that happen and more like realizing you are that monster. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. Hi there, I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. 